It's the Coffin Corners podcast, going into week nine already. Uh, with you, as always, Big Tom McClain with my buddy, Nathan Sprague. How was your football week, Nathan? Well, it was definitely a type of weekend. I didn't expect the Broncos to beat the Chiefs, and the Chargers weirdly did not blow a huge lead. And the Carolina Panthers even won a game. And ladies that usually find me repulsive actually found me attractive. Okay, that last one actually didn't happen. But you get the idea. It was a full moon type of weekend for football. It was the apocalypse. It was football apocalypse over the weekend. Yeah, the 49ers dropping their third straight, a team that started off 5-0 and with the conversation being, can they go the whole entire season without losing a game? And then they dropped three in a row, including – the Cincinnati Bengals in front of over a hundred San Francisco alumni, and they just played flat. It was the worst uh, performance they've had all year, and uh, thankfully they're going into a bye that they're going to see some health and uh, the return of Debo Samuel quite possibly next week in Jacksonville. Uh, the return of Trent Williams possibly, Chase Young making that Ohio State Buckeye bookend, as my buddy Carlos Alizraki likes to say, the Buckeye bookends of Nick Bosa and Mr. Chase Young. That's going to be a pretty uh, formative line. It's going to be pretty hard to protect against those guys. What did you think of that pickup for the 49ers, Nathan? Uh, I think that is a great pickup, uh, to be honest. That really will help out with the defense. Definitely will make the 49ers defense a lot more intimidating. <laughs> Definitely. It's going to force the quarterback to get the ball out a lot quicker because there's going to be so much penetration. It's going to be, they're going to be coming from all sides there. So um, I like the pickup, even though, you know, good chance he's only here for the rest of this year and maybe, you know, moves on to somewhere else. But uh, he really is coming at the cost of nothing to the 49ers. They traded a third round pick. Um, and from what I understand, if Chase Young doesn't re sign with the 49ers, they get a compensatory third round pick. So basically they get them for nothing, you know? Um, so I, I like the pickup and I think the 49ers are showing that they really, this is an all or nothing year. You have to be all in, you know? So I'm excited about that. How did our Colts do over the weekend? Well, I can say at least we didn't lose because a controversial referee call, but we lost to the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr actually had a great game, and that Rashid Hashid, whoo, he, he's kind of scaring me, uh, bringing back memories of Randy Moss, to be honest. I mean, three receptions for 150 free receiving yards. Only got a touchdown, but still, I mean, wow. Yeah, that's a big day, man. That really is a big day. And, I mean, I like our halfback, you know, our halfback duels of Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it would be great if uh, if our de defensive line had something like a Chase Young or something like that. That could really make a difference. Yeah, that'd be awesome. What do you think about the big football news over the weekend? Um, the implosion of the Raiders firing the head coach, firing the general manager, firing assistant coaches, benching Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo, an absolute overhaul of that team. It's pretty crazy. I think Mark Davis is embarrassed and I, he's got to be careful. You can't, I'm not, I'm not saying that these were emotional decisions, but man, it sure feels like starting completely over from scratch seems like a pretty crazy place to start. And it, I can't imagine that being what it's going to take to make Devontae Adams happy. You know, like the whole thing is, 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 is Devontae happy? Well, 
I don't I don't know that uh, having to to start from square one again is what's going to make him happy, but that's up to him. But they didn't trade him before the trade deadline, so Devontae's a Raider, and, and apparently Antonio Pierce, the former Giants linebacker, is the head coach. Antonio Pierce definitely left a interesting first impression for people, the way they was talking, but I understand what he was trying to say. It's just the way they said it might get people a little bit off guard. But I understand he's trying to show that he has respect for the players and, you know, he wants to make a winning team. Yeah, and he wants to prove that he has the Raiders mentality, too, because he had made some comments about the Raiders back in the day. But it was a situational thing because they were a bad team that year. And apparently it really upset Al Davis or whatever. So for Antonio Pierce to be there uh, saying that he's been a Raider his entire life, then you know, who knows, maybe Al Davis is, is going to forgive his son for bringing that guy on, you know? It was inevitable that Josh McDaniels was going to get fired. I mean, the way with some of the coaching techniques through some of the games, it just seemed it was it was going to happen. I didn't think the GM was going to happen, uh, firing the GM. I thought maybe Mark Davis would give maybe one more, one more chance at least. But I didn't see him firing Ziegler, but... I don't really know a lot about Raiders football. There's not much to know. Everybody's gone. It was going to be a lose-goose scenario with Devontae Adams. It was either keep on going with a train wreck or having to start from scratch. You weren't going to win either way. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you're right. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, right? Yeah, so maybe they should stop keeping on looking on hmm, former coaches, coordinators, but we're under Bill Belichick. It hasn't worked out, okay? <laughs> How many times do you got to realize it hasn't worked out? Romeo Cornell, Josh McDaniels, there are a lot of other ones. Charlie Weiss. They haven't worked out. Matt Patricia. Apparently, uh, Mark Davis went and interviewed all the Raiders players, and every one of them, was, or I don't know about all of them, but the general consensus was that that, that needed to change. The coaching needed to change, uh, the general management and all of that. That's why it happened in the way that it did. It's very strange, though. Very strange. Um, you know, if you're going to do an overhaul, why not take advantage of that trade deadline and and you know, move some guys out, get some trade, you know, some draft capital so that whoever's coming in has a chance to kind of like build and, and do the, the whole slow build. Cause you, you, the Raiders have found out over and over again, throwing patches on the team and they just, they don't have enough talent to do that. You know what I mean? Only a few teams really are at that level where you're looking for a few pieces and you're ready for a Super Bowl. There's only a few teams every season that have that. I wanted to ask you a question. What to you is a bigger surprise going into week nine? The Detroit Lions at six and two or the Chicago Bears at two and six? I think the bigger shock is with the Detroit Lions. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't really surprised that the Bears would be two at two and six at this point. They have to win some games at least. They did have Justin Fields, but we, we know how uh you know how Ohio State quarterbacks translate to the NFL. It just doesn't work out for some strange reason. It just doesn't. That's true. I'm trying to think. We've got so we had Archie Manning. We had Troy Smith was a unanimous. Yeah. I mean, I remember mentioning in an episode about Troy Smith. Troy Smith was at the at that time was the the most unanimous Heisman winner ever at wow. that time. Yeah. Before right. Joe Burrow. Going into the season, there was a lot of expectations on the Bears and Justin Fields, and I think for them to be sitting 
at two and six at this point in the season is kind of a, kind of a surprise. I think a lot of people expected them to be in there in contention. I think the Packers, the expectations were probably not that high because you've got the, the beginning of a new era. You know, they're moving on from uh, Aaron Rodgers, and typically that's not the best the best year a team has is when they lose their franchise quarterback. But it's an interesting division. And then the Vikings are just who the Vikings always are. They're following the script. We're going to be just good enough to be frustrating to our fans and our opponents. Yeah, I mean, the Cousins curse is over. Oh, oh, wait, I, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Cousin curses about his Achilles and his season is over. So I'm looking over here, and at the in the AFC North, we have the Browns and the Bengals are at the bottom of the pile at four and three, and both of them with wins over the 49ers. We talked a little bit off air. The Jacksonville Jaguars coming off of five straight wins, that's a really concerning game for the 49ers coming out of this bye. Uh, we don't know if they're going to be uh, – do the Jaguars have a bye this week too? Yeah, they have a bye also this week. Yeah, that's, that's not good either. <laughs> Yeah, so they've got a bye. We're going to be in Florida for this one. That's going to be a tough game for the 49ers, although I do believe that the 49ers are perfectly aware that they've really been um, underachieving the last three games. The first, the, 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 you know, the, the Cleveland game could have gone either way. There was missed field goals, bad calls. That is one that, you know, they left it up to the wrong people, and the wrong people let them down. The officials didn't really do their job, and their kicker didn't make the field goal. Minnesota, a same type of situation, missed field goals. Um, if you drop passes, and you know there, we had the concussion, um, and same kind of a thing. And then here we go into this Cincinnati game, which that one was an actual defeat, and that was uh, that one. I think that the four, their, the players had to be kind of fed up with their performance after that one. But Cincinnati did what you have to do if you're going to beat a really good team. They came out punched him in the mouth right away and it's you know once you have somebody on their back heels it's really hard to uh for them to turn it around and get the momentum so what do you think is russell wilson now back on the uh, the list of elite quarterbacks after one game two games no i don't think so i've i think they just got the advantage of a full moon it was a full moon during the weekend that will uh, that will actually affect some things i know people don't believe it but if it affects the ocean i'm pretty sure it can affect the water in our bodies yeah, definitely. And I thought I would never hear this, you know, but Brian Ferentz, he is going to be let go. He is. The the Iowa offensive coordinator will be let go. After this season, he will be gone. I wonder what the plan is there. Are they going to hire from within, or do they have some candidates that they're looking at? They're having, they have some candidates that they're looking at right now. I, I, I don't know names off, off the top of my head, but I'm – well, I mean, the coming up next season, we're going to have a lot of Pac-12 teams joining the Big Ten. We'll have, you know, high-flying, passing attacks mostly, you know, speed, passing of Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA coming in. And the play style that we have, I mean, it... it will not be able to do well being able to win games against those type of teams. Now, if they play the regular Big Ten teams, okay, fine. You know, play conservative, you know, handing off the ball a lot, position to time. Yeah, eat up the clock. But if it's against these Pac-12 teams that are coming into the Big Ten, that will not work. 
so it, it comes to having to be able to adapt. You can still have some of your same play styles, but now and then you will have to do... Uh, man, you know what's a funny thing? My, my brother and I were having this conversation, and he even said the exact type of play, and I can't remember. But, you know, now and then doing, you know, maybe like a jet sweep with, you know, one of your players. Like if Cooper DeGene returns back, you know, do something like that. Do a jet sweep with Cooper DeGene. You know, why not? He's a He's a speedy guy. But you can still have your same play style, but you have to adapt. If, okay, this doesn't work, so we're going to do this. But that's just me. Did you watch the – was there a game tonight? Oh, the, the Steelers. Yeah, it was the Steelers and the Titans. But Yeah, yeah Will Levis, uh, you know, after throwing four touchdown passes, and he just – he didn't have a great game. He threw an interception. He didn't even He didn't even have any touchdown passes. Yeah, that's a rough one, man. Fournier's having troubles with that Brock Purdy. He's having a having a little tough time. I think he threw one touchdown and three interceptions again or something like that. It's been a rough little stretch, but I don't think that that's an indication of what he is. I think that's an indication of maybe the cart was before the horse and a correction was needed. Well, that's my hope anyways. It'd be really sad to find out that this is their real identity, that they just are nowhere near as good as we thought they were. So would that mean the Dallas Cowboys aren't what... Everybody fought the <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys have only lost two, right? They, I mean, they've got a good record. You know, they're looking at probably making the playoffs too. So they're going to get a chance to avenge that. So, you know, there's there's a chance that we could see them face each other, which would be really cool. I think the NFL script will try to find a way to make that happen. Don't you worry, Tom. They'll find a way to have the 49ers in there. They're already working on it. Giving the Cowboys a two-game win streak. And Maybe the Cowboys got cocky going like, they were who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> you got you to gotta like Dennis Green. Yep. <laughs> oh, Dennis Green, the former 49ers assistant coach. He's part of the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, Dennis Green, Mike Holmgren, obviously George Seifert, Ray Rhodes. There's a lot of them that are still in the um, uh, Musgrave. Let's see. I'm trying to think. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. The Walsh coaching tree is, um, it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying about Belichick. How everybody's, you know, trying to trying all of his assistants out, and none of them work. Uh, with Walsh's, they, you know, the, his, his guys, they go and they get these jobs, and they they stay in the the um, positions for a long time. I mean, Dennis Green, how long was he with? I mean, he he was probably about eight years, I want to say, with Minnesota. So he had some time in Minnesota. And then he eventually became the Arizona head coach, but That's that right. wasn't for long either. I forgot all about that. He sure did. Yeah, Mike Holmgren was. Probably... That's where his, his whole spiel like they were who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. It was a Monday night football game against the Chicago Bears. They had a huge lead, and the Chicago Bears came back and won. What did I remember that or that or a little bit of both? Let's see. So D Dennis Green, graduate assistant at Iowa, is where he started at San Francisco. Obviously, he was at Stanford, then San Francisco. So he was at Stanford with Walsh. Came over. So the 49ers went back to college. Yeah, he spent a lot of time with the 49ers. And then, yeah, 10 years in Minnesota and then three years in Arizona. That's pretty cool. I like that. I didn't know he was a Wait, Sacramento. he was an assistant for Iowa? Yeah, 1972. 
Yeah, you know who else was a part of that coaching tree is Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's dad. So Kyle Shanahan is somewhat in that coaching tree. I don't know if he ever actually worked under Walsh, but I know he was like ball boy and stuff like that during training camp. So he was around it for sure. It's crazy. It's crazy how everything just comes together in a weird way, you know? Yeah, it is. It's all connected. It's really, it really is kind of crazy. I'll have to look up the the Bill Walsh coaching tree because a lot of people don't realize how many people came out from under Bill Walsh. And Bill Walsh came out from under Paul Brown, who was a Hall of Fame coach in his own right. Speaking of coaches and managers, how about that uh, that old World Series, Mr. Bruce Bochy, another a fourth World Series ring in his first year in Texas, right? Yeah, that's definitely going to be a Hall of Fame career. You mentioned about weird. I want to get to our segment of sports. Sports-ticious. All right, there's actually a, a couple, but one of them, besides the fact that the San Francisco Giants, you know, have in common the 2002 and the 2014 World Series, this was the third time that both of the teams were wildcard teams playing each other in the World Series. But also, well, we know the result of the 2023. But before then, but before that, uh, what they also had in common is both of those World Series went to seven games. Until 2023, only went to five games. But here's where it even gets crazy. So the day that the Texas Rangers clinched it, clinched the World Series, all those years ago... uh, Back in 2010 was the same day when Bruce Bochy won his first and winning the first, and the Rangers won their first. 13 years apart, the same day. Pretty incredible that Bochy has done such a good job. I'm, I'm really happy for him, and I know that every Giants forum that I followed was uh, super excited for Bochy and actually rooting for the Texas Rangers, which is kind of insane. Yeah, and also, Wait. apparently, the unfortunate thing is this is the worst-viewed World Series ever, unfortunately. Yeah, my buddy Tom Spence was just telling me, last night he was telling me that um, there was something like 20% of the viewers that watched Monday Night Football, the Raiders versus the Bears. You mean Raiders versus the Lions? Oh, yeah, Lions. Sorry, my bad. Lions, Tigers, Bears, they're all the same thing, right? Oh, my. I still think it's good times for baseball. I still like baseball. It was kind of forecasted when, you know, when the World Series took shape on who's playing who that it would be a low-rated World Series that most of America wasn't going to care. And, uh, and so I don't think they're really shocked by that. But yeah, football definitely is a powerhouse. I mean, Man, at- you should have watched. You should have watched that game five. That game five had me at the edge of my seat. I mean, until it got to the top of the ninth. But it was. It was. It almost felt that it was. There was a no hitter going on. There was a no hitter by this Arizona pitcher. He had a no hitter going on with through six innings, and he ended up giving out a couple of hits, and then led into a run, and then they took him out. They put in their bullpen, and in around the top of the ninth, they gave up four runs. It was a close game throughout. I was at the edge of my seat. I was wondering who's going to score the first run. And actually, my prediction kind of came true. I, I I joked around about the team that wins at home will end up winning the World Series because both of these teams are great playing on the road. And the Rangers won game one at home, and they just won the road the rest of the way. Congratulations, Texas Rangers. What a, what a great 
great uh, win for them and great win for Boach. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he's got a few more in him. Forty or the 49ers, the Giants, meanwhile, moving forward <laughs> with their new manager, their former player, Bob Melvin, who's also brought along. Um, I don't know if you were a big fan of the uh, baseball in the late 80s, early 90s, but Mr. Matt Williams returning to the Giants, which I was excited about. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I like the... Um, I like the nostalgia. I like, like bringing back players. I love that Will Clark is such an active part of the team still. I like that. And I think having Matt Williams there is going to be a good thing. So I didn't think that it was right for Gabe Kapler to go, but apparently he had some odd relationships with some of the players and it had to be just something that just had to, something had to happen. And, and so it's probably better, you know, if they're going to be in this position where they're rebuilding it, they might as well have new management and, you know, Bob Melvin, you could just see him being here for a very long time because he was a giant for a while, you know? Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers and an admirable effort by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I still feel bad because you remember I sent you a clip of I, I made a, the World Series call. I sometimes record myself and try to do the calls for the final out, and I accidentally said the Arizona Diamondbacks player wrong. I said, can like it was like Cattell Martel, but it's Cattell Marte. I, I feel bad because he he had a 20 game postseason hitting streak. That's a record in Major League Baseball. Came to an end, and he was the final out of the world of the World Series. I kind of feel bad for him, but I I think he has what it takes. He he shows promise. Same with uh with the rookie Corbin Carroll too. Oh, and definitely with the Texas Rangers with uh, Adolis, uh Garcia definitely gave me Randy a Rosarena energy. I, I felt that from, from him. Yeah. <laughs> great outfielder, great can of a arm from the outfield and knows how to hit those. As he says, El Bombes. Or is it El Bombes? I might have said it wrong. <laughs> but he knows how to hit it out of the park. Yeah. And I'm happy for Corey Seeger too, being uh I think it was the second time that that a mate that a player won in both the American League and the National League and what became the World Series MVP. I think, uh, or maybe it was the second person. I think Reggie Jackson did that, right? I think he did, or like, yeah. or was it like the second time for two teams? I, I might have to look this up later. I might be saying some misinformation. Sorry, people. And how? But- how about pitcher Will Smith? Will Smith was on all three of the last three World Series winning teams. He's That's a, crazy. He's another former Giant. I don't know if he was a closer this year, but I know he was a closer with Atlanta when they won. Was it last year or the year before? Man, that, that's sounding similar to, uh, man, who was that player's name for the Golden State Warriors that uh, he he was on the winning team like three straight years of the NBA Finals, and he went to what was it two different teams I think, or maybe three. Uh, oh. Might have been like Peter McCarr or something like that. Oh, and he just kept winning world, winning championships wherever he went. Yeah, he just to him that's just how it works. You just win championships when you're when you're playing. That that sounds right, Peter McCarr. That sounds about right. Here's one I might my, be saying it wrong. Here's one of my favorites because you brought up his name. So I want to mention uh, one of my favorite things that I saw on uh, Facebook. Uh, somebody posted congratulations to forever Dodger Corey Seager on his World Series championship. If you're a forever Dodger, that means you spent your entire career with the Dodgers. That means that you were 
like that's like when you say a forever giant it's somebody who played for the giants for their whole career you know what i mean so it's so funny right. or, or it's somebody who retired and maybe they played for other teams but that's the team that they really identify with but you don't you don't declare that you're a forever dodger when he's not even on the dodgers now <laughs> like he's not a forever dodger <laughs> he's not eliminated from the playoffs every once in a while i'll see something like that it drives me crazy i know that it's insane but i can live with it do you have any human interest stories this week that's what i want to know uh actually i do and it obviously has a lot of bias so i'm just giving you a heads up with that i can handle that everybody's familiar with football with professional national football league and college but where does it all start from well for some it starts from high school that's right i'm talking about my alumni north high school and specifically the head coach that had to be put in something of a position you know north high school is well known for having you know a great football program I mean, not as great, you know, as Oaks Christian, you know, per se, but we were well known for having a, a good football program. We had coaches like Cliff Ferrar, Tony Henney, who led us to back-to-back CIF state championships. It is a lot. It's big shoes to fill. He was the defensive coordinator, and then when he was his first season as a head coach, unfortunately, as people joke around, it was the reverse perfect season, went 0-10. But the following season, this season, the Norfolk Rangers went 5-5, which I thought was really impressive. Because to be honest, if it was me, I'm going to even give myself a terrible 1-9, you know, after that type of season. The players, you know, these are high school students, so he treats them with respect. They want to play for him. He wants to coach for them, and they give their all, and I could definitely feel that energy. I didn't really watch any games, to be honest, but I could listen, you know, from my house, Mm -hmm. the games, and you could tell the energy that everybody was all pulling, was pulling for this team. I love that. I live close enough to Buena where I can hear their games, too. Isn't that great when you can hear that? You can just feel it in the air. Yeah. The North Rangers went 5-5, five and five, and they thought they would actually have a chance of making the playoffs. But one of the division schools, unfortunately, had an ineligible player. So they forfeited those games, and the North Rangers... Thought they were about to make the playoffs, probably in that large bid, to not making the playoffs. What a bummer. Ousted by controversy. So I have to say with this, if I'm any team out there, doesn't matter with all this league alignment and everything, it really doesn't matter. I would hate to be the teams that have to face this North Rangers team next year because certainly they will make sure that they will have enough wins that they don't have to rely on a coin toss and hoping that something goes right. To be honest, I wouldn't everybody else might be surprised to see this team seven and three or eight and two, but I wouldn't. So with that, a great season to you, Dylan Lowen and the Nordoff High School Rangers. You will definitely get them next year. Well, that's a good human interest story. I like that it's local football, and what a what a disappointment. What a disappointment. But I agree. I think that they're going to get them next year. 
And I'll make sure to watch those games too. <laughs> yeah. There's access to the high school games now. There's there's access to just about every game. You can find it online somewhere. My son's hockey rink, they have every game is on camera. It makes me more careful about what I say because people can hear me. Is there uh, anything else that we need to cover before we scoot on out of here? The 49ers have a bye week, so I'm not super uh, football um, studious this week. I'm, I'm kind of in a, a place where I can't believe that my team just dropped three in a row and Hope that they're spending time, you know, getting it together this week while, uh, you know, <laughs> getting ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are going to be a humongous challenge next week. Well, I mean, for people, I know it's Iowa football, and I understand with the offense. I get it. You might not want to watch Iowa football, but this coming this coming Saturday, Iowa will be playing Northwestern at Wrigley Field. Oh, nice. Yeah, it should be, it should be interesting. I'm curious where the end zone is going to be is the end zone going to be near the ivy walls or or are they just going to have that i'm just i'm just i'm just really curious on how they're going to have this set up i think i'm more excited about the setup than actually the actual game to be honest yeah it's kind of like when they play a hockey they play a hockey game at a um, baseball stadium seeing how they get it all set up and you know where where the end of the the rink is and you know where you need to sit to be center ice and all that it's kind of cool I, I agree. I love that. I love that they're going to do some football at Wrigley Field. I'm, I'm, I might tune into that one. That one's going to be on the network television, right? Uh, I think it will be on Peacock. Oh, there we go. I've got Peacock. I'll check it out. Well, cool. Well, and also, oh, go ahead. oh, sorry. No, go for it. Also, I have a curious question because I've been noticing a lot of comedians that have been getting late night shows. <laughs> Would would you ever want to do that, or you're just thinking, uh, that's kind of podcasting. This is why we're doing. Um, I would not mind hosting a late night show. I did uh, like kind of a local access type of a late night show back in Sacramento, called Thursday Night Live with my people there up in Newcastle. Um, so much fun, and um, I would love to do it because I like doing shows with talented people and letting you know people show you know kind of. Um, showcase their skills and their talents and I think that that's a cool thing and I think there's um, a, a certain skill set that not everybody has to be able to have the show you know and keep the show moving forward without making the show all about you because that's where you kind of got to be careful if you're always have to be the funniest one then you don't really make a great host you have to let your you have to have to let your your guests shine. You have to let them tell funny stories. You have to let their conversations breathe, you know, and and it takes a really special talent. And I was a fan of Johnny Carson growing up. I was a fan of Letterman growing up. Um, I like uh, I like Conan. A lot of the late night hosts are, you know, it's it's a blast just to watch them work. And and it's it takes so much talent. So um, yeah, I'd love to do that. That's the long version of what, of answering it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Who would be your first guest? And then we'll wrap up. Okay. Let's see. My first guest. Who would be, you know, who I would love to have as a guest would be Shaq because Shaq is so funny and he's just so laid back. And I've, you know, I think that he would be just an awesome person to, sit and just tell stories and, and, and talk to like that. I don't know if he does a lot of, t of talk shows anymore. You know, he's out there too busy making money, but, um, he, he's, uh, he's, he, he's definitely one of the guys I would choose. Cause I, I love his storytelling abilities and stuff. 
What about you? Who would you have on if you had a talk show? Oh, man, I was hoping you wouldn't start. All right. Uh, first get Who would be my first guest? A lot of the people that I would have considered, you know, being first guests, uh, most of them have passed on. Like, right. I would have easily had Vin Scully, you know, first guest Vin Scully. And oh, he just... yeah. What a blast. And how many great stories does Vin Scully had? You hear him night after night, you know? It would be so great to sit down and talk to him and hear his stories. I think, to be honest, I think you would be my first guest, Tom. <laughs> that would be fun. I think that would be a blast. Just like this is a blast. I love sitting down. I appreciate you always being patient with me because sometimes the scheduling gets weird. I'm kind of stepping back into the stand-up world a little bit more, and uh, so I'm kind of doing a little more shows and getting home later. But um, I'm glad that you called and we were able to to do another great episode of Coffin Corners tonight. Is there any parting words, anything that you need to, to uh, get out there before we take off? Thank you all for listening. Make sure to rate, subscribe, give us five stars on whatever podcast platform that you are listening to, and make sure to share with people. Yeah, we're not the experts, but we're fun. So if you enjoy having a fun football podcast, we are the podcast to listen to. That's right. And feel free to send us a message on social media and let us know that, uh, you know, you want us to read your comments out loud. We'll be more than happy to interact with you that way. And uh, if you think you have something really interesting, let us know. We might set up a call so you can call into the show and and uh, talk to us directly. So we appreciate everybody listening. And like Nathan says, like, subscribe, you know, and tell your friends. That's the best best way to support something like this. Um, uh, just one real quick thing is I kind of wish SpaceX would stop shooting off so many rockets because I'm really getting tired of them shaking my apartment every single time. It's like, <laughs> and it always, it's, it's like jarring and I look and I go, Oh, SpaceX just shot another rocket. That's what it was. Especially right after we had all those earthquakes. So SpaceX, calm down. Let's, let's calm this down. They're shooting like five yeah, or stop six. Stop with the geoengineering too. Golly. They're shooting like five or six up a day. It's crazy. And I, and I hear them. I hear, I just hear this thump. You're like, oh, come on. You don't need to do that. So anyways, all right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for you know, doing this. And like I said, your patience. And uh, thank you at home for listening to the Coffin Corners podcast. Thank you.